was told you were coming. So, who do you kill for fun around? If this girl gives him one minute of happiness, it is one minute too yeah, much. Baby. She's not angel anymore. I'm back. Jeez. I don't like vampires. I'll take a stand and say they're not good. You like again. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. We're here again. Yep. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. And today we're reviewing season two, episode 16, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. Season two, episode 16. I think this is the longest episode title yet. It's up there. I think it's second place to Don't Kill a Boy on the First Date. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one. My secondary working title for this episode (laughs) is Love Potion number nine with a Buffy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Um, that fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, it was practically the same mechanics, but we'll fucking deal with that later (laughs) when we get there. So I I wrote a few things down that we can chat about real quick. I noticed... uh, Okay, yeah, last week I mentioned real quick that uh, even in the mom synopsis that uh, I was playing through Majora's Mask. Oh, God. I had this sudden urge to play Majora's Mask uh, because it's one of the Zeldas I've never played through, like the only one on console... As opposed to Game Boy that I've right. never played through. I've never played it either. Well, fucking don't. <laughs> because yeah, I might get some hate mail for this, but it fucking sucks. I think the only reason anybody <laughs> likes Ocarina of Time is because of nostalgia. Sure, I played through that multiple times when I was like 10. So the first time I ever played... Because I we didn't have a 64 when I was a kid. Yeah. So the first time I ever actually played through... Ocarina of Time was when they released it, the Master Quest for the GameCube. Okay. So I was pretty much an adult. Yeah. By the time I had ever played through Ocarina of Time. Interesting. And how did you feel about that? I, I enjoyed it. Okay. And But also, I didn't really have a whole lot of Zelda to compare it to, because before that, the only other Zelda game I really played a lot was A Link to the Past. Okay. And Ocarina of Time really feels a lot like A Link to the Past, just in 3D. Fair enough. Fair enough. The main point I really wanted to make was that I feel like nostalgia's bullshit. We only have sometimes, maybe more of the time than we'd like to think, we only have good memories of things because our child brains were like, this is good. And this is what life is, and you need to remember that, because evolution told me to give you this chemical reaction approximately at this point in your development, with whatever you're interacting with. I, I find it interesting that you're bringing up nostalgia for the fact that we this is a nostalgic podcast. And I was ready for that response. This is why it's relevant, Rex, because I think Buffy on the other hand, has withstood the test of time. And although it is also a nostalgic experience for us, it is actually still good. Whereas... Mostly. Mostly, yeah. That's why we're doing this as objectively as possible. But Majora's Mask just feels (laughs) like somebody scraped up the turds of Ocarina of Time and blasted it through a shotgun into some old code. (laughs) It, wow. 
my god, it rages me so hard. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's actually get to our real podcast. Like, I don't care how many more things you have on that list. We we, we have a job to do here. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I wanted to talk about Yeet, though. No, no, that we can save that for another episode. <laughs> Fine. Next episode on Beer with Buffy, oh, Josh talks about Yeet. I'm looking forward to this now. We should always plan on something else to talk about. No, and that's fine. I I'm like fine. that. I'm fine with with a, a little bit more of a languishing opener. Sure. But for now, I mean it was originally your idea. Yeah. For now, we have a mom synopsis to get through. Do the mom synopsis. <laughs> A mom synopsis? <laughs> Fuck you, Rex. Why would you bring her into this? Joshua! God damn it. you fucking done it, Rex. What are you doing? It's her turn. You fucking know what I'm doing, Mom. I'm watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I know. I just like to make you say the words. So it's a... It's a power thing, is what you say. You're goddamn right it is. I mean, I'll never admit that. You just did. Shh, no, I didn't. That tracks. Why is Buffy a rat? Because this is the best episode of Buffy, the vampire slayer that has happened to date. In the chronology of the series, mother. That's why. <laughs> Since when does Joyce find Xander attractive? <laughs> ah, classic mother. Come in right at the last scene and ask me to explain everything. So Xander got dumped by Cordy at the bronze and he tried to cast a spell on her to make her fall in love with him purely for the purpose of revenge. And he accidentally made every other girl in Sunnydale... At least at Sunnydale, no, probably in the entirety of Sunnydale, fall in love with him, except for Cordy. And it made all of the men want to beat the ever-loving shit out of him, just like in Love Potion number nine. Oh, I love that movie! Yeah, I thought you'd get that one. <laughs> well, you should probably go start the episode now then, Joshua. Well, now I don't want to because you told me to. Oh, classic Joshua! <laughs> Completely classic. All right. Uh, did I was did I summate well enough, Rex? Yes. Did I miss anything? That was satisfactory. Good. Try to have fun without me. We'll have our again. Someone get the chains. Someone get the chains. Someone get the chains. You are the one. Someone get the chains. Truth be told, not a lot actually fucking happens in this episode. And yet, it was still pretty fucking entertaining. It was damn entertaining. And pivotal for both Cordelia and Xander, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It was it reminded me a lot of the uh of the Halloween episode. Yeah. In definitely. in structure. I, I completely agree. So we open up to the graveyard at night. Yep. Not like we haven't been here before. Nope, Xander never. and Buffy are hanging out, waiting for the dead to rise. Xander's stressing over a gift he's going to give to Cordy. Oh, it's Valentine's Day. Yep, it is Valentine's Day, which is, you know, kind of funny. Valentine's Day was recent. We are really skating along really close to the actual timeline of these episodes releasing. Because yeah. we were only about two weeks 
after Halloween, and now it's about two weeks after Valentine's. And if yeah. we had just started this podcast two weeks earlier, or not missed two weeks, right? something of the like. No, we, we could have... If we had put more thought into it... <laughs> we def- we could have easily lined up these episodes with the actual holidays. Oh, I can't imagine us actually achieving putting more thought into this. There wasn't a Groundhog Day episode, was there? No. no this there this one can double because they're both in February and Buffy turns into a rodent. So Anyway, <laughs> anyway. So Xander is stressing about this gift and it's a, it's a fairly straightforward, nice silver heart locket. But he's stressing out. Xander looks to Buffy and he's like, are, are you guys ever going to stop harassing me or making fun of me about dating Cordy? And Buffy responds with, I'm sorry, but never. I just think you could find somebody more better. <laughs> yeah, but really, though, Buffy, I call bullshit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is bullshit, Buffy. And I appreciate that alliteration. Xander has a good point, And he's like expressing his concern that generally speaking with women, he doesn't do very well. And he even says, normally, my re- the response I get is a heartfelt restraining order. <laughs> Way to be self-aware. A little bit. I mean, I what I took away from this scene mainly was that he had just a brief moment of a pretty severe fuck you to Buffy. Uh, after all they've been through, he still said, well, he still made her feel guilty for not dating him. Here's the thing. And you could see how uncomfortable she was on her yeah, face in that moment. I think that was fueled more by self-deprecation than intentionally trying to make her feel guilty. Yeah, there's a fair amount of that coming out of him this episode, too. He, you know, he expresses, oh, I, w- you know, I wish dating were more like slaying. It's straightforward. You fight, you stab, they're dead. Didn't get the exact quote, but that's pretty much what he says. No, he said, I wish dating was more like slaying. Simple, direct, no muss, no fuss. Yep. Stake to the heart. The vamp just then chooses to pop out of the ground. Yeah, excellent timing. It's a quick fight. She kills the vamp with Mr. Stabby. <laughs> Has she or, named it Mr. Stabby? Or is it Mr. Pointy? It's either Mr. Stabby or Mr. Pointy. I'm, I'm, I want to go with Mr. Pointy. Yeah, that's, that sounds right. After she kills the vamp, she says to Xander, Sorry to say, Zand, slaying is a tad more perilous than dating. Well, obviously, you're not dating Cordelia. <laughs> Good call. Good line. Yeah. Good line. And then we go to the opening. Opening sequence. Bobby's gonna be a rat. She's yeah. even hot as a rat. Okay, not really, not but really, still. No, she's a rat. She's pretty cute. Rats um, are cute. So next day at the school... Normal lead into school, we see Cordy walking up, and she goes to talk to her old friends, and they snub her hardcore. Ouch! Yeah, she gets a taste of her own medicine. Yeah, it was it was really some karma coming right back around at her, definitely. However, it's kind of like, aw, she's outgrowing her shallow, vapid counterparts. That's so special. Right. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Not till the end of the episode. Not till the end. But it's happening. She's obviously upset that her popularity is damaged by dating Xander. She does not react maturely at all. No. Not even a little bit. For fuck's sake, she's a 17-year-old girl. Who would expect her to act maturely in this sort of situation? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, also, kudos to her for making a decision and making it quick. Yeah, 
Um, That's something. And not pretending that she was okay just because it's fucking Valentine's Day. That's the worst reason to stay with somebody on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Regardless of, you know, what Xander said. Anyway, we're... We're getting ahead of ourselves. So they they it goes from there to classroom where uh, Willow, Buffy, and Xander and Amy are all in the same class, and they're they're turning in papers. Yeah, Amy. We haven't seen her in a while. Yeah, and or we have, and she's just been in the background. For some reason, Amy just really stupidly does magic in front of Xander, right in front of Xander, and doesn't turn in a paper. But just stares the teacher down and the teacher, you know, takes an imaginary paper. She works some mojo on the teacher, yeah. yeah. And look, it's a witch. She's a witch. <laughs> How do you know she's a witch? <laughs> she looks like one. <laughs> well, not really, but <laughs> she turned me into a newt. Anyway, Willow and Buffy didn't see this. They're out walking in the hall. Xander runs up and he's like, oh, my God, Amy's a witch. Yep. And they're like, no, her mom was a witch. And it's like, no, I watched her do magic. And they don't really respond much to it. Giles walks up. Giles cuts in before they can really finish the conversation. Before Giles can pull Buffy away from the the Scoobies, Miss Calendar walks in. A little bit. And holy shit, you could cut the tension with a chainsaw. Yeah. (laughs) It's... Heavy. Or you can cut it with a, a fingernail file. Take your pick. Or a dull I, spoon. I, I don't think those would do it. There's a lot of tension here. Oh, I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see? See? It's a good metaphor. Ah. Uh, Quality metaphor. All right. So I'm going to go cut off my hand. Why? Why? So that I can affix a chainsaw to it. Duh. You're not Ash. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have quite the jaw for it. Yeah, no, not quite. Um, but yeah, anyway, the tension here, Miss Calendar tries to have a conversation with Giles. Ash is kind of like Xander on steroids. Yeah. He's really a sexist prickbag. Yeah, he is. <laughs> and yet really difficult to hate. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Giles does not want to give calendar any fucking time at all no and yeah he doesn't he's not even like uh why don't i meet up with you later uh he's just like no i don't think so yeah it's like ouch harsh jesus but i can't blame him yeah well hey she needed time when the shit went down with her he needs time yeah now that she was a fucking traitor basically right I mean, she redeemed herself, but still, that hurts. Oh, yeah. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you have some wings. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. So, she pulls Buffy into the library and discusses how dangerous this time valentine's day is for her because of angel because of his particular kinds of displays of affection and he doesn't want to tell her about them he just wants her to lay low and he'll do patrols yeah and that's all it's just foreshadowing at this point they don't explain anything she just readily agrees to it i guess for some reason 
from there, we jump quickly. It's a very short scene. We jump quickly to the lair. Yeah, this was a fun little setup. A little cartoony, but nice and succinct. Yeah. So Spike is giving Drew a really nice looking necklace, I for, thought. For Vampire in Tyne's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Vampire. Val- or Valentire's Day. Valentire's Day or Van... Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So Spike's giving Drew a necklace. Angel slaps down a freshly, practically still beating heart, human heart. And one of my quotes of the day here. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I know exactly what you're going to (laughs) read. Of course you do. (laughs) I thought you'd like it. I found it in a quaint little shop girl. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see it coming. And then it, it... like, it took my brain a second to wrap around it, and I was like, right. nah. It was good. Nah. It was a good moment. Oh, it but was excellent. he, laying it on thick there, Angel, just... Yeah. He's really stepping on wow. Spike's balls here, man. Damn. Horribly. Did you notice the makeup change for David Boreanaz? I, I, I noticed he was a bit paler. He's paler, and they... So is Spike, they, though. But with David Boreanaz, they like he before this, I had never noticed eyeliner. I noticed eyeliner this time. Interesting. And I noticed he was looking pretty Edwardy. Yeah, they did more eyeliner. They made him paler, and it was obvious to like signify that he's more evil. Right. And I think it did. I think they did good. They did. It. Yeah. But and he was wearing that uh, whatever jacket he was wearing. Definitely had a nice sheen to it. It, it. It's purple crushed velvet. Yeah, and a, a nice subtle pattern to it. Yeah. I want that jacket, actually. No. It, <laughs> the man looked good. Can I please be evil? <laughs> and he's not broody anymore, so... Yeah. Man, it's... it's he's so much happier this way. <laughs> we should all be evil. <laughs> Excellent. But, he Spike is giving him shit about not killing Buffy. So he says that he hasn't quite figured out uh, how to send his regards yet. And Spike says one of my favorite things ever. Why don't you rip her lungs out? Might make an impression. And he says that lacks poetry. Doesn't have to. What rhymes with lungs? <laughs> it's one of the better spike lines that we've gotten in a long while. I really enjoyed it. I really thought <laughs> this was going to be the episode where he finally kicks away the wheelchair. Because I yeah. know that happens. I'm just like, please. I can't soon. fucking wait for it. Dear God. I miss him so much. Wheelie Spike is not Spike to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wheelie Spike. Roller Skate Spike. <laughs> and no, 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 no. There's a movie that Macaulay Culkin did where he's in a wheelchair and he goes out for Halloween as a roller skate. He does? He does. I don't remember this movie. Yeah. So that's not an ableist joke. I'm really just thinking of a Macaulay Culkin reference, okay? But no, it, it has nothing to do with the fact that he's actually in the wheelchair. It's just that for some fucking reason, the writers seem to think that because he's in a wheelchair, he has to be so fucking whiny. Yeah, Spike of all villains, I think he could still give Angel or Angelus a run for his money, even if he were fighting him from a wheelchair, I think. Yeah, 
I completely agree. And he's taking way more shit than I think his character you, ever would. No, you know what I think the problem is? Huh. He hasn't held a weapon in a long while, and the weapons make him feel manly. They do make him feel manly. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't... The wheelchair doesn't make him feel manly. He hasn't felt manly enough. No. Yeah. He, he, he held a, a necklace. Was there a cake? I want to say a cake. Yeah, he held cake. Let them eat cake, Rex. Yeah. There was no cake. Now you're just making shit up. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> the point is, Angelus is stomping all over Spike in this. What does rhyme with lungs? I, I couldn't think of anything off top of my bungs. Bungs. Tongs is a tongues close rhyme. Tongs is tums. Tongue. I mean, that's a brand name. That's a proper noun. Yeah. Does that really count? No. Yeah. Uh, Tums. Mm. Tums. This episode of Beer with Buffy brought to you by Tums. Also, my doll. (laughs) (laughs) That is a joke in the episode. Don't. Please don't get mad at us for that one. Yeah, we're not actually advertising those things. Unless they want to pay. I mean, I like Tums. I use it all the time. I have acid reflux. We want free Tums. (laughs) (laughs) We're in our mid-30s and we drink beer and eat pizza for every episode, okay? So we need this shit. All right. Okay, so moving on to the bronze. The bronze. So I did some research. Oh. First, despite the fact that Seth Green does a pretty damn good job of doing it convincingly, he cannot play guitar. Cannot play guitar. I was wondering. I also looked up where this music is from. And the band that is playing the actual music is called Four Star Mary. Hmm. And they were a local band in L.A. that one of the producers or writers or somebody saw at a local show and actually paid them to make the music for Dingo's Ate My Baby. Awesome. And this was the first step to that band actually like putting out their first album in 1998, which was the same year that this episode aired. Nice. Yeah. This And th- this show made them. They ended up doing music for a multitude of different 90s shows, like Party of Five and a couple others that I can't think of. But like this this show made the band. Must be nice to get discovered. Right? That makes me happy. I thought it was cool to hear about a band that got discovered in a very unique way. Yeah. It wasn't just some fucking record producer that's like, oh, I love your music. I'm going to make you famous. And then he did. Exactly. You, you mean besides me? No, I didn't ask. You, you mean you, you mean besides me? Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you, do you, do you believe? I didn't ask. We have to achieve our dreams, otherwise we wither and die. We're going to the other cool place in Sunnydale. So Willow's creaming over, <laughs> creaming I love over this. The, she's creaming over the band. She's like, I think I'm a groupie now. <laughs> no, no, no. You did not have nearly enough enthusiasm in that. Because <laughs> she is like over the top. I think I'm a groupie. Yes. Once again, <laughs> Willow's panties very quickly became a suitable habitat for ocean oceanic wildlife. Yeah. And I mean, whose wouldn't, frankly? Right. No. And Xander is sitting there with her, and he's very fucking nervous about when Cordelia is going to get there because he's going to give her the necklace. Yeah. And he looks damn sharp. 
Yeah, he does. I mean, he's a little too shoulder patty. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> it's still the 90s, though. <laughs> right. It's technically still acceptable. But so, And Cordy has a little moment with her friends who have mutineered upon her and chosen a new alpha, seemingly. I I have to say, though, the dress that Cordy is wearing knocks every other woman in that fucking place out of the goddamn water. You're probably right. I don't recall making any particular notes of that. But anyway, real quick. So that was a pretty quick scene. Cut to Buffy's house. Uh, we hear a knock on her door, and she just... Even after Giles' very severe warning, she just... Pokes her head out. Yep. And I'm and like, there's oh. nothing. I'm like, Angel still completely has a totally open invite into your house. And they still haven't figured that out. Ermagerd. But Joyce, like, she comes back in and, and Joyce is gone. Yeah, just real the, quick, though. How did you feel about her shirt? I The, oh, little, the little ducky and the baby blue. And it says, hug me. I didn't even notice it. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was adorable, but it also bothered me that it kind of infantilizes her. Yeah, I noticed they do that with her character quite a bit during these times when she is made to be seemingly vulnerable. Vulnerable. They use infantilization as a tool to make the character who is not vulnerable seem vulnerable. Yeah. I don't the, know how I feel about that technique. Kind of like they did with uh, with the baggy overalls. Exactly. When she was feeling all super shitty. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that technique. It's definitely effective. Yeah. But it is and mostly, a bit... Eh. And mostly subconscious. Like, it's not something I would have ever made note of had I not been, you know... Analyzing the fucking show. Yes. Exactly. But yeah, so she comes back from the door... Joyce is gone from the living room. She wanders around the house to try and find her, discovers Joyce out the back door. Why the fuck Joyce got up to check the back door in the first place? Who fucking knows? Maybe she heard a knock, too. Why not make Buffy go check it? I don't know. Anyway, well, she... Well, because they wanted to establish that Joyce is around for this episode. I guess, yeah. And it's not so jarring when we see her later in the episode. Right. So, so she hands Buffy a black box with a black bow... That I was disappointed to see held red roses. I was really expecting body parts. I, or at least black roses. Oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But yeah, I was also expecting a body part. Yeah. I or, was. I mean, the note was creepy enough, I guess. All it said yeah, was. Yeah, all it said was soon. soon. And. Yeah, which, you know, she's legitimately creeped out by. So she's, and, she's having a Wiggins. Yep. Cut back to the bronze. Um. Cordelia is very surprised that Xander looks good. Yeah. And he's like, Buffy dressed me. Well, not like actually dressed me. <laughs> well, not physically. Yeah, not yeah. physically. And so Cordelia is clearly having trouble with this he, because she was obviously about to break up with him. He actually does a pretty good like job of giving her this necklace. Oh, yeah. Like, he stumbles a little bit, but the way he goes about it, the point he makes... Is actually pretty fucking good. Oh, yeah. He did kind of have a, a decent little speech leading up to that, yeah. didn't he? And she obviously loves the fucking necklace. Oh, yeah. Well, she's obviously still way into him. Oh, yeah. But is having trouble coping with the transition in, you know, her social life has always been her life. 
with her girlfriends, yep. not with her boyfriends. And this just is a new experience for her actually liking the guy that she's dating. And she doesn't hesitate one fucking bit to rip that bandage off. Just fucking get it over with. Maybe one iota, but that's <laughs> that's forgivable. It was still... She, she's, okay, she takes a deep breath, grabs, and pulls. Yeah, basically... <laughs> It's a beautiful necklace. I think I need to break up. With yeah. You. <laughs> like, and Xander's response is kind of valid in a way because he's like, you know what day would be good to do this? Any other day, but today, Valentine's Day. Kind of valid. That's why I said kind of valid. Kind of valid. But, you know, as we were chatting about earlier, also, no, if she doesn't want to be with you, it shouldn't matter what day it is. Right. The sooner that you find out, the better. Yeah. It may hurt more today, but you know what? Better to get it over with. Yeah. Well, I can't say that his car his karma didn't really call for this either. Oh no, he like he's not undeserving of this kind of treatment. But I mean, in this particular situation, I don't feel he was deserving of this treatment. But overall, his treatment of women, he had it coming. Yeah. There's a lot of karmic backlash in this episode for Xander. Yeah, but it's still pretty shitty. Yeah. You know, that's shitty. I don't feel like anybody... It doesn't matter what kind of person you are. It doesn't matter what kind of history you've had. Getting broken up with sucks. Yeah. I don't feel like anybody should have to deal with that, but... Everyone will eventually have to deal with that. But we all have to deal with that at some point in time, absolutely. And it sucks. But here's the thing that no one should ever fucking have to deal with, because they cut to the school, and teenagers are assholes! Yeah, they really are. Holy shit! (laughs) Everybody's making fun of them for getting broken up with, which is super shitty. Yeah! And the only person who might have been any bastion of comfort for him is reasonably wrapped up in other shit which is Buffy and so she's like hey I can't talk gotta go Xander runs straight to Amy and it's like he he sees her walking in the hall runs up grabs her I was expecting him to be like you're a witch we need to stop this and like you know stopping the witchness thing going on like I kind of like that they used her being a witch as more of a side note to drive the episode than making the episode all about that. I Yeah, I do agree with that. It, yeah. It was a really nice way to tie in the third episode of the fucking series. Yeah. Especially after that little nod to the statue. Exactly. With the trophy last episode. Like, sure, we're not getting a full-on episode, but we're getting a, some good nods. Definitely. But Xander has bad ideas. He's real. It's it's kind of uncomfortable how naturally he is predispositioned to blackmail this girl. Yeah. Without having to put any forethought into it. Well, and she's like, I didn't say anything about blackmail. No, but I did because I'm about to blackmail you. Yes. Which was excellent. <laughs> I mean, shitty. Just good. Good timing. So, yeah, then they step into the classroom. Good comedic timing. They step into the classroom, and she's like, love spells are difficult, and you, the intent has to be pure with love spells. Xander says, right, 
I intend revenge. Here is the driven snow. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can't fault that. I can't argue with that logic. No. <laughs> but she's what a like, stinker. She's like, no, he just wants her to feel shitty about the breakup. I can't blame this this thought. It's a fresh wound, and he has an idea, and he runs with it. When you're that age, pettiness is very easy. Absolutely. And you don't even think twice. So he needs a personal item to make this happen. And (laughs) so we cut to the library. Um, Yep. This is when Buffy walks up and slaps the fucking soon note down in front of Giles and demands that he tells her what to expect from Angel. And kudos to Giles. He puts up no fight. Yeah, she's very rightfully upset that he's basically keeping her in the dark supposedly to protect her but it's only hindering her in the long run because she needs to be prepared for whatever angel might throw at her and that's totally legit yeah and he completely agrees with her readily yeah cut back to the hallway xander fucking jackknifes in front of cordy and a very touching moment he's demanding the locket back and she lies and says it's in her locker Mm -hmm. walks up to the locker opens the locker Kind of sticks her head in to hide it from him because she's taking it off her neck. And the look on her face just broke my fucking heart. It was, a very, it was kind of tear jerking. Definitely. Oh, man. Obviously still has feelings for him. Oh, God. But she, I mean, the way she's handling this, she really kind of deserves to be told to fuck off. Oh, no. He has every right to ask for it back. The, yes. Completely agree. They neither of them are saints in this whatsoever. No, exactly. He's a bit more of a a dick bag. But she, it, but. God damn, she covers it up so well. Like children should not have to have masks this convincing. But she says, <laughs> yeah. she says, good thing I broke up with you because now I don't have to pretend I like it. I'm like, God damn, that bites. Yeah, that I feel that. On my skin, physically. Damn. That is that is a level of sharp Cordelia tongue that we have not gotten in half a season. Yeah. Damn. So, yeah. <laughs> and Xander just, I think the most hurtful thing he could do was just his face just washed over with this, I don't fucking care about a thing you say, look on his face. Yeah. And just turned and walked away. Oh, their breakup sucks. Yeah, it's a rough one. Cut to a darkened room. <laughs> Xander is sitting on the floor, cross-legged, <laughs> shirtless with paint on him. Yeah. Amy is casting the spell, and the spell effects they use for this scene are actually pretty fucking good. Pretty good particle effects up in here. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Excellent fucking work effects team. Now, did you notice that her spell was essentially a prayer to the goddess Diana. I did notice this. She's the Roman goddess of wild animals and hunting, which I vaguely recall from mythology class. Uh, the counterpart to Artemis from Greek mythology. So why why are we praying to the goddess of hunting and wild animals for a love spell? I don't know. <laughs> it, like This kind of goes in play with the problem with this episode. Because... Sure. She fucks this spell up. Uh-huh. Later we I, you know, 
Giles rips into her about it because she's just, you know, she clearly just, she's an amateur. She clearly just inverted a variable somewhere. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> this is heavy duty fucking magic. Yeah. And this is really one of the first episodes where we get to see any real amount of magic being done. This is a pivotal episode. Yeah, it really for is. For the series in terms of it, the way that it includes magic in the plot lines. And well, yeah, because th- from this point on, there are going to be some spells that happen later in this season. Giles and Willow do. This spell especially shows that Amy Amy doesn't know her shit at all. <laughs> Uh, at least she's willing to admit that she's an amateur. I guess, yeah. So, does the spell, the the spell effects are good, and then we cut to the next day, and, oh, Xander. Xander's trying it out with, <laughs> it's such a shitty line, but it makes sense that he's using a shitty line. Yeah. If it were a good line, he wouldn't know if it were actually him or the spell. So he says, some kind of weather we're having today, huh? <laughs> just completely embarrasses himself because yep. Cordelia, Cordelia says, just tells him off. She says, are you going all stalker boy on me now? Which, yeah, in that situation, there's really nothing else to think. No, like her response is exactly what her response should be like in that, that circumstance. That was the proper response for that situation. But Xander goes into the library where Buffy is. Yeah. She's talking with Giles, and Giles steps away. So as he's barging in, he says, use me as bait. And Buffy's like, you mean have Angel attack you? He says, no, I mean chop me up into little bits (laughs) and put me on hooks for little fishies to nibble on, because that would be more fun than my life right now. And you mentioned self-deprecating shit earlier. This scene especially... I wanted to make a point of of mentioning. I'm glad you actually had the full quote. Yeah. Because Xander has fuck all nothing on Buffy right now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Talk about not reading the fucking room, Xander. (laughs) Seriously. Sure, they suck, but... Yeah, Buffy's got more of a life or death thing going on here. You, the woman who broke your heart, Xander, is not a vicious murder machine. Yeah. <laughs> or at least her body isn't replaced by a vicious verdi- murder machine that looks like the person you once loved. Exactly. And has all the memories. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Xander. God, I can't even imagine <laughs> if any of my ex-girlfriends had that kind of power over me. Oh, Holy God. fuck. <laughs> I would I would just be dead from the fear alone, I think. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> but like it's just it's interesting to see how off-putting and unattractive self-deprecating shit like that is. Yeah. I, it's clearly just a pathetic cry for attention and it makes me look back on all the times that it seemed like a good idea at the time to make that vague book post and try and get everybody to feel sorry about you, but then you start to get those posts pouring in that make you go uh, that's not really the response I wanted, but what kind of response was I going for? What yeah. kind of a response really was Xander expecting? Honestly, I think he got a better response out of Buffy than realistically would have happened. No, I I have to fucking agree with you. And it, like, it puts into perspective self-deprecating humor in general. Yeah. And it wasn't humor, though. It was woe is me full-blown. Right. Humor is one thing. I'm still okay with self-deprecating humor. It depends on the person. It depends on where their self-esteem starting point is. 
Xander's starting point with self-esteem is rock fucking bottom here. He's trying for self-deprecating humor. He is not succeeding at self-deprecating humor. He's just succeeding at self-deprecation. That is a fair assertion. So I predicted that we were about to have an epic lesson in consent as soon as I noticed that Buffy was affected by the spell. And I love how much I don't remember this show from when I originally watched it. Cause I, was, I didn't like the I didn't remember up until the moment when Buffy started acting the way she did. I did not remember what episode we were watching. Well, because I was thinking that it was only Buffy I was like, oh, it must have affected Buffy instead of Cordelia because that's who he really loves. No, it, it was really just the, the spell got inverted. So, yeah. It's every girl on campus. For all the shit that we give Xander in this series, he still stands as an honorable fucker in this episode because he has all the opportunity ever in the fucking world to take advantage of this fucking magic spell and he doesn't fucking take it i'm not sure he had the time per se like he had a he had a minute there he didn't take any fucking opportunity whatsoever. But he also made it absolutely verbally clear that he felt this was not right because he knew it was just the spell talking. And that's great. This this is definitely an excellent episode for redeeming a lot of Nice Guy Xander's bullshit. Yeah. Which, frankly, this is really what it took to reverse any amount of all that shit. And I think the writers realized that they'd stepped in it with his character. I think you're right. I think you're fucking right. They were so, like, we need an episode to reverse some of this. So Xander bolts from the school, goes all the way the fuck home. And we don't see any of the transition to home, but he gets home, walks into his room. It's one of the few times we've actually seen his fucking bedroom. <laughs> Sits down on his bed and Willow is fucking laying in his bed. <laughs> For a second there, I was like, why did he go to Willow's house? <laughs> oh, he didn't. <laughs> but she pops up she was hiding under the blankets and like surprises and scares him and she Willow goes brought the chocolate sauce <laughs> <laughs> she goes I wanted to surprise you and he goes good hi marks <laughs> <laughs> but she is wearing the best possible sexy outfit that any woman can wear literally just a shirt just a sh- yeah his shirt it looked like his shirt yeah yeah nothing else best lingerie possible my friend i know right <laughs> i i liked how he handled this yeah he's telling her uh uh he's like actually no i'm 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 very comfortable with the amount of clothes that we are <laughs> Here, look, I can even take a couple of steps back and still be happy. <laughs> and he takes a step back. <laughs> and uh, and, I'm, and I'm like, aha! See? He really does understand that relationships shouldn't happen if one party isn't interested. Because he knows that Willow, of all of these girls, is the one who's actually really into him. Yeah. And it's only exaggerated by the spell. Yep. So, just wanted to point that one out. As if you weren't feeling it hard enough this episode, Xander, 
I just wanted to stick my finger in the stab wound and twist it a little. Yeah. Um. In in response to that, I'm gonna give kudos to Xander here. Also kudos because here's the thing: the moment right before he bolts out the door and he's turning her down, she gives the cutest goddamn puppy dog eyed look at him, and it just like. I don't know that I could have withstood that. <laughs> There's not a moment in the space-time continuum where I could ever turn Willow down. I just... It would be difficult. Or Allison Hannigan, for that matter. It would be difficult. Because, like... And he... He... Sticks to his fucking guns. He does. And... Holy shit, Xander, talk about fucking redeeming character here. I mean, he definitely makes a good distinction between, you know, longtime friends and lovers in this oh, yeah. scene. And he's, he clearly actually believes this. <laughs> and so he runs back to the school. So it's a it's an amazing slow-mo shot of him. Walking through the fucking hallway of the school. The cinematography is fantastic. It goes from his face to the fucking crowd to his face. He's super uncomfortable. It it does that really cool fucking down at the ground, like watching his footsteps walk, uh -huh. which I actually really fucking liked his boots. I, I did like <laughs> his boots. Those all the fucking 90s overly baggy jeans and shirts that right? were killing me. Yeah. Killing me. But... He's super uncomfortable, and we get this beautiful sequence of slow-mo extras' faces. So this, a lot <laughs> of extras got some good screen time here. I re-watched this slow-mo bit three fucking times because some of the extras' faces in this slow-mo bit were hilarious. Priceless. <laughs> I, really, I only watched it once, but I think the main thing I took away from it I noticed here that one of the teachers was ogling him. Yes. And as he walks into the library, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> Miss Calendar. Oh, and that, shit. It's exactly where it goes. She walks in. She's like, hi, Giles. Hey, Xander. That's a nice shirt. She's talking to Giles and just, and keeps, just keeps rubbing. Keeps rubbing. <laughs> She's like... <laughs> Have you been working out? It was it was such an excellent build up. It really was perfectly subtly done. Yes. Oh man. But <laughs> Giles is giving him shit about because no he he walks into the library and he's like I'm just gonna lay it all out on the line and tell you the truth and I did a love spell. Uh huh. <laughs> and Giles is ripping into him, and he says. Did, did you write down his line about being a fool? No, um, but uh, I, d I did notate that uh, Xander gets a nice tongue lashing from Giles, while Miss Calendar looks ready to do the same. Right, <laughs> in a different manner. Mm -hmm. But no, his line is, I can't believe you're fool enough to do something like this. And Xander replies with, oh no. I'm twice the fool it takes to do something like this. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. I didn't write that one down. That's good that you did. Uh, Giles says, rips into him more, and is like, you wait here. We're going to go find Amy and undo this. Grabs Miss Calendar, who lingers. Uh-huh. 
drags her out of the the fucking library and there's this great bit when xander grabs one of the fucking filing cabinets pushes it up to the door just as he turns around the fucking door swings open the other direction (laughs) it's hard for me to say anything cool or or witty or at all i I can usually make a few vowel sounds and then i have to go away i don't mean to interrupt your downward mobility yeah you're the slayer and we're like the slayerettes oh please and Buffy just saunters in. In nothing but really nice heels and a raincoat. And a raincoat. Before this moment, Yeesh. I did not realize that Sarah Michelle Geller has got some legs on her. Yeah. Damn. Muscular legs. And from the way the lighting hits her legs, they oiled her legs. I believe it. They were playing it up hardcore. Well, didn't we find out that she's like a fucking black belt? Yeah. Or something? Yeah. In in what? Just karate? Uh, taekwondo. Taekwondo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to have some, some muscular no, legs she, for that. And she is very obviously wearing nothing under the fucking raincoat. And Xander <laughs> can tell. Yeah. She is... Throwing herself at him in the degree that every man on the planet dreams about a woman throwing themselves at him. I know, right? But yeah, (laughs) this is where we get some serious redemption points for Xander. Yep. And then Amy busts in and they get in an argument. I'm sorry, (laughs) this is what really makes the episode for me. (laughs) Yes. Buffy rat! Buffy smacks Amy. It's interesting to me that she hits Amy and does not rip her head off right away hmm. because she obviously on some level pulled back the hit she pulled her punch as she evidenced, didn't immediately kill amy with one hit as evidenced <laughs> by amy's brains not being splattered exactly yeah so on some level she still managed to pull her punch and then amy turns her into a rat <laughs> <laughs> so giles comes back in with miss calendar Amy starts to get jealous of Miss Calendar immediately. Yep. And she's like, who made you queen of the world? Well, I guess you're old enough to be. And I'm like, damn! <laughs> <laughs> Women, especially this whole episode, really dig hard and deep and fast when they really want to hurt. Yeah. So I don't know why I found Buffy as a rat <laughs> so hilarious. It. It shouldn't really have been, was. It shouldn't have been that funny, but I think it was just the pacing in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Giles gets control of the situation, puts Miss Calendar and Amy to the side, says, Xander, we're, we got to catch Buffy because she's a rat. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's so, so funny to me. <laughs> so they're looking for, he actually says, we need to find Buffy rat. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, yes. <laughs> Which was the rest of my notes, Buffy Rat. <laughs> so we're in the hallway. Oh, right, right. We cut to the cut to the, cut hallway. To the hall with the Harmony Cordelia. Squad is just starting to gang up on Cordelia. Harmony just said something super shitty, and Cordelia's like, "Okay, Harmony, if you need to borrow my might all, just ask." And I had to Google what might all is, <laughs> but it was once I found out, I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh man. It's, uh, it's a menstrual cramp alleviator. That is not a joke that we can make. <laughs> no. That doesn't mean I can't enjoy it. Uh, so, uh, see previous statement about brutality of yep. women when they really want to be. Fight ensues. 
Now back to the library. Yep. And then Oz comes walking in, sees Xander, punches Xander, very kind of out of character, and says to Xander, I was up all night talking to Willow on the phone. I don't know what you did, but I had the, I just felt an overwhelming need to punch you. Yeah. I mean, you and everybody else, Oz. Yeah. And you know what? And Xander, to his credit, is like, yeah. Okay. And this is where it really starts to become apparent. I mean, they kind of established it in the slow-mo scene, but it's the spell is having an enraging effect on men. Yep. Just like love potion number nine. Yeah. <laughs> so Giles says, Xander, get out of here. You need to leave. I didn't get his quote, but he firmly tells him to fuck off. Yep. God damn. Very firmly tells him to fuck off. <laughs> Orders Oz to find Buffy Rat. Yeah. <laughs> Buffy Rat! We need a theme song for Buffy Rat. Yes, we do! <laughs> I love Buffy Rat. There's... Uh. That's the offshoot show that they should have had. Not Angel. They should have had Buffy Rat. It could have been a cartoon. It would have been great. <laughs> what are we going to do today, Buffy Rat? <laughs> We're going to slay more vampires. Like you guys. <laughs> I really need to get out of this cage. <laughs> It's driving me batty. <laughs> I like how Buffy is now <laughs> I like how Buffy is now shaggy. That's great. <laughs> I don't know. Xander is still shaggy. Okay. And then <laughs> Buffy would have to be brain. I don't know. We're we're not going. Who there. knows? Yeah. We're not going there. <laughs> so anyway, back to the hallway where yeah. Cordelia is being fucking mobbed. And fucking Xander's a badass. He steps up, grabs her, picks her up, and runs off with her. He pretty much uses his uh, his backward superpower here to get them off of her and onto him, and which for now is in a much gentler way, giving him just enough time to grab Cordelia. Yep, that's how I feel that that could have been feasible. And they they run outside. Where the fuck is Snyder? No fucking clue. He's they just can't afford him, I guess. He's just collecting too much gold-pressed latinum on the fucking promenade, I guess. Yeah. So, back in the library, Giles. <laughs> like, don't underestimate the power of some good, angry logic over a love spell. And then we cut to outside the school. To the mob! Uh... So Xander and Cordy step outside and they're like, oh, we're free. And they have a sigh of relief only to see that Willow is standing there with a fucking axe. Yeah. Willow is now leading the mob against Xander. Holy shit. And she says, if I can't have you, no one can. Yeah, he's like, you don't want to hurt me. And she's like, mm. <laughs> they run. They, they managed to escape the mob somehow. Uh-huh. Uh, and then we cut to fucking Oz the Buffy, the rat Buffy hunter. We, we get some, some Buffy rat cam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she goes down into the basement. Oz is following her. Where did he fucking get that flashlight? Who knows? <laughs> he's resourceful. I, he's, yeah, a man, he's a man of the town. They probably had one in the library. 
I don't see why not. Why is there a cat in the basement at right? the school? They do nothing with the cat. They just show the cat for this one bit. Yeah. But it begs the question, does Buffy still has have her slayer powers as a rat? <laughs> Would she kick the cat's ass? Maybe she is really Splinter in an alternate universe. Right? <laughs> I think she'd kick the cat's ass. Oh, yeah, probably. She'd pickle Rick that motherfucker. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she got this. I think that's why we don't see the cat anymore after this. <laughs> she ate it. Buffy Rat kicks the cat's ass. She was feeling a little peckish. Yeah. <laughs> and rats can eat anything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they can chew through anything, at, at least. They can actually chew through steel, by the way. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> fucking scary. It is. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry you had to wait. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Cold water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. So, cut to outside Buffy's house. Xander and Cordy are running like bosses. They realize they're at Buffy's house, so they run into Buffy's house. Yes. Of course, Joyce is there. Cordelia has a wonderful line. She says, who died and made you Elvis? <laughs> yeah. And as soon as Joyce was on screen, I was like, uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, God. I thought the same fucking thing. Oh, God. Oh. There's a whole <laughs> genre of porn about this. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> No, we don't need Joyce as a cougar. <laughs> this is not... Oh, but she is. This is not Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Xander is not Dawson. Oh, my. You're pulling deep, man. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. So Cordelia runs upstairs for a second for whatever, I don't know, and she comes back to find Joyce. Joyce. <laughs> Joyce. Joyce. <laughs> Juice! Nah. <laughs> and Xander's like, Bleh! I like the subtle effect that they do with this spell of it does not affect women that he is not around, but it uh, it's a gradual, like, slow rise. Yeah. And because she's not immediately all the fuck over him. She's herself the first fucking couple of moments. Yeah, it's not like little old grannies are waking up in the middle of the night and grabbing their walkers to storm the castle. Right. Exactly. And she's just like, oh, you're so tense and like starts rubbing his back. And he's like, oh, fuck. He just loses all motivation to fight back. And he just just goes limp like a possum. I can't blame him at this point. At this point. (laughs) Yeah. But Cordy, oh man, she steps up, throws her outside. Cordelia, the vampire slayer's mom slayer. She's She's like, keep your mom aged (laughs) hands off my boyfriend. (laughs) Yes. Long pause, former. (laughs) So Joyce is trying to bust in and they run up to Buffy's room and Xander looks out the window and he's like, okay, the mob hasn't found us yet. We should be safe here. Excellent timing. Angelus is like, works in theory. That's Yanks what he him said. out. You know, basically wants to know where Buffy is. Yeah. So for a second there, I was like, so wait, what's his plan? It was just, at first it was like, wait, he's just going to question Xander? He didn't have a better plan than that? Oh, he was there to find Buffy. But even still, 
Wow, your big plan but, was to find her at home? Yeah, but Drew. Oh my god, Drew saves Xander. Yeah. And let me tell you, Drew, way scarier than Angelus. <laughs> yes, <laughs> especially uh, under the effect of a love spell on Vampire Tine's Day. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, so Drew's plan is to turn Xander into a fucking uh, vampire so he can live for eternity and she can love him. Drew, quote, your face is a poem. I can read it. By any chance, does it say spare me? (laughs) How do you feel about eternal love? Or she might have said life. Life. She said life. We couldn't just start with a coffee? (laughs) but i love this bit because drew saves xander from angel yes the mob saves xander from drew yes cordy saves xander from the mob (laughs) yeah in the span of five fucking seconds he gets saved four times it's a very fast episode it really is i my favorite part was that the lunch lady was the front runner of the mob (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mentioned that later. I mean... It, 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 it cracked me up. I think she needed the love the most, really. Yes. And that boy needed some meatloaf. <laughs> and some slobber joe. Slop, slobber oh, joe. Hold up. Slobber no. joe. Slop. No. Me and slobber joe got married? No. Got six No Adam kids. Sandler. We're doing just no. fine. No, no Adam Sandler. Down in lunch, lady. I fucking hate Adam Sandler. I hate Adam Sandler. I hate Adam Sandler. I don't care if people disagree with me, but I don't think that will happen because Adam Sandler is not that funny. I am Adam Sandler. I am saying things in a funny voice now. Can we move on? Yes. <laughs> so this is when they run into the basement. And I wrote her line. Down, I wrote the, the exchange here between Cordy and Xander. She says, why has everyone gone insane? He says, insane? Is it so impossible for you to believe that other women find me attractive? The only way to get girls to want you it would be witchcraft. He says, that's such a, well... Yeah, okay, good point. That's that's a good point. <laughs> I love that they've ended up back in the basement now. What, <laughs> right? At this point. Yeah, this is back where it all started yeah, now. Cordy and and, Z- and Xander have to have their one-year anniversary in Buffy's basement. They, yeah, they have some amazing moments at the door of this basement. Yeah. It's really nice. And then we find out, again, we know for sh- absolutely sure now that Xander is fucking awful at barricading right <laughs> the same bit they just pull the, the door open the door opens the other way man this proves to us that back in the episode where they were in the basement in the first time the only reason they stopped the fucking worms from getting in was because the worm dude didn't want in Oh, right. He was just toying. Yeah. He was waiting for something he found more That was the only reason they stopped him from getting into the basement. Satisfying. I don't know. But yeah. So. But this is when Cordy finds out that the original spell was supposed to be to make her fall in love with Sander. And she's flattered by it. Very flattered. She should be kind of sort of. 
It's a little creepy at the same time. I mean, it's creepy, yeah, but it's only creepy if she's not already in love with him. But she is in love with him. Yes. So it's more flattering that he loves her enough to want to go to such extreme measures to make up the problem of her breaking up with him. Very true. So it's sweet in a way. It's fucked up, but... You know, their whole relationship is fucked up. So now we're jumping back and forth between Oz in the basement chasing Buffy Rat, Giles and Amy casting spells, and the mob in the basement on Cordy and Xander as Giles and Amy cast just the right spells just in time to save everybody. Yep. Anything to add to that? Not really. That that was a pretty succinct wrap up as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um I mean there's a there's a little bit here to talk about. Uh, I do have a quote from after Buffy turns into Buffy again. Okay. It's no longer Buffy Rat. Because she's naked. Yes. And she pops up and she's like, hi, Oz. I seem to be having a slight case of nudity here. Nudity. Ma. Ma. <laughs> he goes, but you're not a rat. So call it an upside. <laughs> yeah. He's not wrong. <laughs> takes Takes him a minute. She's like, so can you get me some clothes? She's like, yes. Yes, I can. You really should have offered, but, you know, teenager. Okay. Yeah. Back to the mob. They they kill the spell, which I was almost expecting Amy to flub it some way because she wanted to love Xander. Yeah, but Giles was there. Their excuse... Like, the mob, like, everyone, they step back, they're like, what the fuck's going on? And fucking Cordy's like, that was one heck of a scavenger hunt, huh, guys? (laughs) I want to be on that epic of a scavenger hunt. No shit. That sounds like a good scavenger hunt. Did their scavenger hunt involve shrooms? (laughs) I know, right? (sighs) Cut to the school the next day, and apparently everyone fucking bought it. Right? Or just like Joyce, as far as Buffy's concerned, is they're repressing shit. I think my my main takeaway from this wrap-up was where Buffy says to Xander that this has affected Willow the most, and she loved you before you invoked the great Rufy spirit. Yep. She gives him props for not taking advantage. And you know what? Deserved. Deserved. The, the interaction here, I think, is a final nice closing to their weird bullshit going on between the two of them. Yeah. From here, we so cut to the... Xander pro- bumps into Harmony and Cordelia's group. On the promenade. On the, yes. And I this is my big quote of the day, is, is Cordy's whole bit here. Okay. Yeah, I didn't bother to write the whole spiel down. I I printed it off oh, and, good. and taped it in place. Take it away. So, Cordy kind of has this moment where she thinks through everything, and she's, she's like, Harmony, shut up. Do you know what you are? You're a sheep. I'm not a sheep. You're a sheep. All you do is what everyone else does, just so you can say you did it first. Here I am scrambling for your approval when... I'm way cooler than you, because I'm not a sheep. I do what I want to do. I wear what I want to wear. And you know what? I'll date who the, whoever the hell I want to date, no matter how lame he is. Xander's face through this whole fucking speech is just fucking priceless. She walks off. 
puts her arm around Xander, and they walk away, and then she starts to panic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, what have I done? (laughs) And he's like, no, it's fine. Keep walking. Keep walking. They'll never talk to me again. Oh, sure they will. But if it makes it any easier, whenever we're around them, we'll fight a lot. Yeah, that was a good one. You promise... I don't have to. <laughs> and then Gerarg. Gerarg. Try to have fun without me. We'll have our Armageddon. You are the one. Someone gets the chains. You're going to hell. It was an excellent fucking wrap up. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the last part of it anyway. Uh, well, okay. I, the both the cold open and the final wrap up were shorter than normal. Yeah, and well written, succinct. The whole episode felt a lot shorter than normal, despite the fact that it wasn't. It was the same length as all the rest of the episodes. It's actually, a very fast paced episode. I, it was. I think it was just written in the way that it pulled you through a lot faster than a lot of episodes. Really good pacing on this episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, what's your quote of the day? My quote of the day, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Spike. He says he hasn't had one in a bit. Yeah, I certainly haven't given him one in a bit. He says, "Why don't you rip her lungs out?" Might make an impression. <laughs> Angels Angelus says lacks poetry. Spike says doesn't have to. What rhymes with lungs? And his delivery in that line is fantastic. Just excellent. Classic dry rye, always my favorite. Yep. What's your quote of the day? I honestly, I'm going with Cordy's last line. Her, you know me, I'm a sucker for the big fucking speeches. That is very true. And I got to go with her her telling off of Harmony because it's pivotal for the character. What was your favorite part? I'll date whoever the hell I want, no matter how lame he is. Excellent. She still gets a little bit of that, you know, little zing towards Xander in the end. A little bit of a dig. He gets plenty of his own zing back at her. Oh, yeah. It's their rapport. Yeah. It's fine. So how'd you feel about the episode, Rex? I mostly liked it. I liked the pacing. I liked the writing. I liked the character development. But overall, the episode felt like it lacked meat. The whole bit of... Angel with Valentine's Day really was just like thrown in there, obviously solely to put Drew and Angel at Buffy's house. And that kind of annoyed me. The scene in the lair with them had some buildup that could have panned out to something bigger. And it just was kind of a throwaway thing. And that bothered me. Other than that, I think it was a pretty good episode. Yeah. They seem to have, um, and I'll just go ahead and tack this onto my response of how I felt about the episode, but they seem to have a habit of exchanging entertainment value for expository value Yeah, in an episode, because I found this episode extremely entertaining, but kind of fluffy in the overall grand scheme of things on the season arc. Yeah. Um... And the, yeah, we had some great, great redeeming moments with Xander and Cordelia. But honestly, how far did it really push forward 
uh, the plot in terms of you know what's going on with Sunnydale, what's exactly. going on, what's going on with the big bad. Um, all we all we really got out of the big bad is the angels really pushing Spike's buttons. Yeah, it was definitely a fuck ton of great character development and character solidification in in their newer roles and newer kind of dynamics. And that was great. It needed that, definitely, but nothing for the main story. And that kind of, I thought, was lame. But, you know, with 22 episodes per season, and also it's the show still, to a good degree, suffers from 90s sitcom syndrome. Yeah. Lots of filler Monster of the Week episodes. And that's okay, because I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. You know, it didn't have to be heavy to be entertaining, and it did move forward a little bit. We got great character growth out of it. And you know what? This is one of the episodes where it's just fucking funny every step of the way. Yeah. Every fucking scene had a good line. Every scene had a good line, and just visually, really good uh, pacing, the way they cut back and forth from scene to scene. Yeah. Buffy Rat. (laughs) <laughs> all we needed was Buffy Rat. We could have made a whole episode out of Buffy Rat. Yep. And I'd have been fine with that. <laughs> so this has been Beer with Buffy. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Review us on iTunes. Shoot us an email at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. Leave us a damn voicemail at 269-743-0783. Like for realsies. You can also buy us a beer on Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy As always, thank you to Benjamin Alexander, our fabulous composer. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. I'm Buffy Rat! (laughs) (laughs) You know, like Pickle Rick. Right, I get it. Buffy Rat. done why are we watching this